This is a certified Big Soy Naturals classic. I have a I look like Jared Padalecki. I got them supernaturals. So my value right now is zero. If you think about it, AI is actually the fastest path to communism. When I smoke the blue and I smoke the purple, smoking on the blunt because I want to. It's all so adorable, but you can't have it. Enforced farming is really not a vibe. Um, hello, dear Kendall. Hello. Hello. I'm mostly talking to Kendall and not you guys. Um, <laughs> Kendall, do you remember childhood? I do remember childhood. Do you well. remember the part of childhood where hopefully you had like a friend or friends, um, maybe, and you would uh, like get into little arguments with them while you were playing different games because you wanted to play a game as characters from like your favorite tv show or favorite book or something but then they would get mad because they wanted to be the same character that you wanted to be and it would just like derail the whole thing Mm -hmm. uh yes that has absolutely happened to me more than once um i believe the character i wanted to be the most um, I was really into the show Gargoyles. <laughs> I do not know that. It is it is a show about uh, stone gargoyles that at night turn into real gargoyles and fight crime. Well, hold Animated- on. <laughs> Aren't are stone gargoyles not real gargoyles? When I see one, well, they in, turn into they on like, the street. They like, I don't think that's a fake gargoyle. Well, at night they like come alive. Let's say you okay. know, all right, they, like move and shit. And like fly around and fight crime. And there was a there was a beefy guy, and I wanted to be him like all the time. And they Gender. were like, yeah. And they were like, you can't. First of all, because you're a girl, and second of all, because I want to be that. And I was like, well, you're a girl. Why are why do you get to be him? Gender. Like, yeah, just like two, just like two or three kids just gendering each other all day long. <laughs> What about you? What was what was your formative? So I I didn't have friends for a really Mm. long time, and then when I was in fifth grade, um, like a girl transferred into the school and she was like quiet and like moody, and people didn't really like her. Um, And of course, you know, she and I we we were we had to be friends and uh, specifically like we became friends over the basis of the two of us liking anime which is a little bit it's a little bit embarrassing but i used to bring do you know like azumanga dayo or like dayo i don't know how to pronounce that but Mm -hmm. i used to bring those into school and like read them in front of people and then people would make fun of me but like i don't know why i was i knew it was gonna happen um Anyway, we then became friends, and then she put me on to Tokyo Mew Mew, which I was pretty into Mm. because, like, the outfits were pretty good. It was, like, kind of reminiscent of Sailor Moon, although not as good as Sailor Moon. Yeah, it's it's really more of, like, a great gowns show than it is something that is, like, actually good. Um, But we were both really into the wolf character, and um, when we were trying to, like, 
play Tokyo Mew Mew style games. Like she insisted that she could only ever be the wolf. I was fine with us taking turns, but she was like, absolutely not. Like I'm wolf girl the whole time. And worse than that, she assigned me the monkey character, the the little yellow monkey girl who is just like obnoxious and small and like the wolf girl's like in a sexy costume. The monkey girl is not sexy. She's like cute. Um, So it just like was really offensive and it broke us up as friends. The thing that brought us together, it tore us apart. It was really sad. Um, She did take me on a skiing trip while this was going on. So we were like, this is my first time skiing. Also, we were getting into fights like going down the mountain (laughs) over which of us was the wolf girl um and i never went skiing again it was pretty fun though um take me skiing kendall i promise not to get into kin wars with you it's funny that like this is a pretty common childhood experience but it's also a pretty common experience in like leftist organizing circles and like (laughs) lgbt community groups like (laughs) people really stay having kin wars in in like their mid-20s and early 30s perhaps beyond just like like two trans masks saying i can roman roy no doubles just yelling at each other i feel like it's the no doubles thing that is what tears people apart Mm -hmm. because of course people are going to share the same favorite character you need to let that just happen under communism um people could kin the same character as many times as they wanted doubles triples quadruples it would all be allowed we're going to make a tote bag that says under communism, there are infinite kin doubles. <laughs> <laughs> and literally no one would buy it, hopefully. <laughs> no one would buy it. Um, I hope no one me. goes in public with that. I mean, you really, you shouldn't be having kin wars in your 20s at all. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't even know if you should be kinning characters in your 20s. Definitely not in your 30s. But if you are... You should you should have the grace to let someone else double your kin. I will say we we both just took a a um, U quiz. Which if you don't know what U quiz is, dear Pay Pig, you're where welcome. are you? You're welcome. Like, you're welcome. You're Good welcome. Luck. Go to U quiz. Click on any quiz you can find. They're so fun. This one was great. It was which succession character are you? It was very well written. I might just put it in the in you the should. bio, I, and then people I should really tell it. us what they got. Yeah, but tell us what you got in the comments. Both of us. It, so the the structure <laughs> of the quiz is like not just which succession character are you, but like which succession character are you coded, and then which one are you actually? So it's like it's a very a, sun sign, moon sign. Yeah, are you like a wolf in sheep's clothing, a sheep in sheep's clothing, or in Kendall in my case a wolf in wolf's clothing because we both got roman coded and then also actually roman which i feel like i feel like that fits us i i can be a little bit of a gremlin sometimes i feel like you can definitely be a bit of a gremlin in in the most 
positive way. Oh no, that that's like my num. It it was my nickname in college. I'm not even joking. <laughs> they called you Gremlin. My friends like to call me Gremlin. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I and I mean that as a compliment. Yeah, um, but also like your your insults are definitely up to par with what Mr. Roman Roy has to offer, um, and both of us are under. Five five. We might even be mm-hmm. under five four, or f- or five three. <laughs> it's up we, for you to decide. We You're might listening. we might both be five two, uh, <laughs> just like Roman Roy, maybe. <laughs> I, honestly, every time I look at Kieran and Culkin, I just think like. Yes, like that's that's what yeah, I. Yeah, you're having want. like gender envy, which is I think I do. correct. Like he looks really good, and I feel like he's also an example of what can happen when, as a man, you stop caring about like height and comparing yourself to taller men and feeling like bad about yourself, and instead just like really leaning into the whole like gremlin goblin persona mm-hmm. and just like being a wretched little guy and having having the most fun that guys that are like six foot can't have fun like that they can't their center of gravity is off i think i think people like like us like kiernan the short kings of the people world, of of height experience people of height experience they they like to bring the tall people into like i feel like we we like i think Tall people look at us and they wish they could have that kind of freeing experience of like, of just emotionality. I think it's just a really, um, it's a rare experience that you can get when you are a tall person entering the life of a short person. Your world just becomes opened. My spouse is is six foot. The, the world that has opened up, they, the way I have, I have brought them down to my height and they see the world through my eyes, they see how, how, it's, how long it takes for me to reach something, but also how freeing it is to just not have people asking you all the time, how's the weather up there? It is a, it is a beautiful experience. That picture you posted recently of um, Kiernan and the actor who plays cousin Greg embracing oh, on the that- Big Soy Naturals Instagram. Yes, on the Big Soy Naturals Instagram. That is the dynamic that my spouse and I have, I believe. And you're the you're the Kieran. Kieran, I'm, I'm Kieran obviously. With, okay, with his, with his I've never hands met and a tall empath. I have. It's dear, dear. I don't K-Pig. think that they it's have feelings. Experience. I, th- this is the one exception I will make. I think my spouse is a short person in a tall person's body. That's so cool. That's good for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. It's very good for them. I think that the worst height a man can be is five nine. It's just oh, yeah. too close to six foot, but not so close that they can get away with calling themselves six foot, but they never have to like learn the lessons of being a little guy they're just like kind of in that limbo they're like the brunettes Mm -hmm. of height you know they're just a little bit they're they're like the light skins of height they're a little bit Mm -hmm. too close in their proximity to power without having like actual access to it that just like makes them act a fool 
Five nine is the Drake of the <laughs> of the height world. So is I what can you're make saying. that joke, but you can't. But go ahead. Okay, uh, keep going. Okay. <laughs> I just I just wanted some clarification. Nine to me is is the kind of number where like the man is always going to round up. He's gonna be like yeah. oh, I'm five eleven. He's gonna. He might even try to get away with saying that he's six foot, but you know he's not. Yeah, but his friend that's 5'10 can get away with saying that he's six foot and he knows that and he resents him. Instead of like looking at this power structure that that the the heightarchy and realizing that he should be trying to dismantle it, instead he just keeps feeding into it. The 5'9 mm-hmm. man is he's a height trader. The 5'8 mm-hmm. man, that's that's one of the perfect heights for a man to be because he knows. He's not six foot. He can't even get away with calling himself 5'10". So he's he's got to learn to just be himself, be happy with his height. He's got to develop a personality um, and just like be cool and regular. Maybe the 5'8 man can be an empath. The 5'9 man, unlikely. It's very unlikely. But we're, we're not talking think- about men today. We are not talking. We're talking about, men about today. women, as usual. We are. We're in women's business. We're in women's spaces. <laughs> we are taking up room. We are commanding attention. Um, we're girl bossing, and we're also ranking women, which is uh, something that we're allowed to do, and is not misogynist. It's <laughs> it's but actually you- woke. But if you, K-Pig, are a man, you're not allowed to do this. And if you're laughing right now, we can hear you, and we're very upset and disappointed. Yeah, do not you. laugh at our jokes. Do not laugh. A do man laugh. can laugh while a woman can only chuckle, and that's not <laughs> fair. <laughs> but actually, I would be interested if people sent us their own version of these rankings. Mm-hmm. And the, the ranking is as such femme cells, obviously bottom tier, bottom of the barrel, lowest of the low, scum of the earth, beta females, they are doing a little bit better than the than the fem cells, but like honestly not by much. And really one misstep and it's going to throw them right into that fem cell category. Then we've got girl bosses. These are women that are succeeding. They're doing well. Um, you know, they're transcending the expectations of their gender and are making the world a better place for other women. And then we've got Queens Ascended. Um, These are the kinds of women that you should aspire to be, the Mm -hmm. kinds of women that you should hold as role models in your heart and in your life. Uh, Most of us won't get there, but these women have. These are women that have lived perfect lives uh, <laughs> and have either done no wrong or have you know learned so much and grown from that wrong that the wrong has actually become right again. And there exactly. you have it. Exactly. Who is your first? And we're going into this blind. I don't know who Kendall has ranked in her mm. categories, but I know that I'm going to agree with them because they're a genius. Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, who have you nominated first in your femcell category? And I think we can just like switch back and forth. 
until yeah, we get bored. First, first one up, we've got Erica Moen, the creator of Ojoy Sex Toy, the woman who has cucked her husband into oblivion. She asked him to have sex with a sex doll, and then Awful. she wrote a whole comic about it, illustrated it like the definition of a femme cell, in my opinion. Erica Just- Moen is a woman with pink hair that lives in Portland that is mm-hmm. married to a man but goes to Pride, which would be maybe like fine on its own if she was quiet about it. But not only is she not quiet, she goes to Pride to heckle women and uh, call them slurs uh, in a way that I think she thinks is woke but is definitely just like homophobic and harassment. She likes to call herself a lesbian. She she is very much married to a man who is also British. Um, And she runs Mm -hmm. kind of like the most rancid sex education question mark comic (laughs) that I feel like if you were on Tumblr in like the early 2010s then you would be familiar with it i feel like her art style is kind of influential in the whole like mm-hmm. web comic world it's all pink and she makes four thousand dollars a month just from patreon which is crazy she reviews yeah. sex toys in her comic and she she's just she's just a nasty nasty lady I hate the she way that she draws people's naked bodies. There's something about it that oh, just yeah. for every category, it all feels fetishizing. Um, <laughs> and like, if you've read, if you had yeah. ever read her diary comic, you would know that she has an absolute 100% fetish for trans people, which is such. Well, a for trans goal. men in particular, she's really yes. into trans men, and she has some pretty bad comics explaining what it is that she likes about them. We can link some of her comics in the description, but, you know, the obvious content warnings will apply for them as well as the content warning that it is just bad. Mm-hmm. Um, we even just the colors she uses alone for her comics of just different shades of like salmon pink just say to me like, oh, femcel, right? Because like, why are you, why, why are you using just like, if you, why are you equating sex toys with like this specific color? I think what also makes her a femcel to me is that even though all of her content is about sex and like doing sex related things and sexual pleasure and so on, um, all of it not only has like the you know it's it's not just like dry it's kind of like opposite of horny like I feel mm-hmm. my vagina just like closing shut. As I read her comics and I worry, uh, will I ever be able to use it again? Like, that's the effect that it has on me bodily. And I just don't understand how someone can, like, regularly make art about having sex that makes me want to never, ever have sex again. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like a femcel and an incel, the most common trait. It's not a trait that I would say is universal but it's a trait that is most common which is while you are rejecting sex you are obsessed with sex and who is more obsessed with sex in the most unhorny like um 
I wouldn't even say like, it just, it feels like medical. Like it, it feels like I'm in a hospital, like that kind of vibe that I'm getting from a lot of, like, it's so clinical. <laughs> Who is more clinically obsessed with sex than Erica Moen? Nobody, I think. The idea that you would make a entire comic just dedicated to how cuckoldry is like a cool and fine kink to have is weird. It's weird. It's odd. Um, so that's one of mine. Yeah, we, we really do. Like, I feel like her realm of people was very responsible for the idea that kink shaming is bad. And not only is kink shaming good, it, it hasn't gone far enough. Mm-hmm. We need a gun. <laughs> we need a gun. This is what we were saying before we started recording is um, cancel culture. Cancel culture enough. is not enough. We need a gun. And we need a gun. We, everyone get a gun. Uh, this is parody, parody, satire, satire. Everybody get a gun. Well, it's, it's not even a parody. It's an allegory for something mm-hmm. else. For something what, else. What is it an allegory for? Might be an allegory for you 3D printing me a gun and sending it to me in the mail. Might be <laughs> an allegory for writing a nice letter to your parents thanking them for housing you. I don't know. But um, I will leave my address in the description of this episode if you are willing (laughs) to uh, 3D print a gun and send it in the mail for me. And speaking of people that might be on the receiving end of my 3D printed allegorical bullet and another femme cell, Camille Paglia. Mm, I've mm. had enough of this broad. Um, I can't believe that this person, Ms. Paglia, lives in the same city as me. She lives in Philadelphia, which means that really, like, if one of you sends me that gun, I can use it. I could use it soon. But also just that she's been able to get away with falling under the umbrella of feminism when at this point, since I am like a voracious hate reader... Um, I have now read three of her books in the hopes of finding something useful or good. Haven't found anything. All of it is just like defenses of men um, somehow under the guise of feminism. There's a really funny quote from one of her books that I have written down because I was like, I, like this is this is from Sexual Personae. Um, which is her most famous book, I think. And it really demonstrates to me everything that's wrong with her, which is that, as she says, men have sacrificed and crippled themselves physically and emotionally to feed, house, and protect women and children. None of their pain or achievement is registered in feminist rhetoric, which portrays men as oppressive and callous exploiters. Like, really, all of her books are long, winding defenses of men. And um, Sexual Persona, in particular, is a lot about the way that we we don't give men enough credit for building Western culture. And she's like, most of Western achievements come from men. Um, I'm not sure why that's a thing that we should appreciate. And this quote is so funny because okay, these men are sacrificing themselves physically and emotionally 
to feed, house, and protect women. I feel like there's a citation needed for that. I'm not sure if that's true. <laughs> but also, who who were the ones that stopped women within Western culture from being able to do any of these things for themselves? Also, why should feminist rhetoric care about men's pain? <laughs> Can't they get their own thing? There are so many things already that care about men's pain. Why does the thing that have that has the root word for woman in it need to be centering men, Camille? I think I think we need to bring back cell behavior. I think we need to bring back the term meninist. Yeah, (laughs) they need to get their own issues. She's for real a meninist, Um, and I don't know. Like all of her work is around just like centering men and like reminding them that they have feelings too. She blames mothers for um, giving their sons too many sexual anxieties. I don't know where the father is, I guess. Nowhere to be this found feels here. Very, it smacks of like mom, it smacks of that whole thing where it's just like moms give their sons the gay gene. Where I it's just feel like, like there's a lot of women within academia, within like, left adjacent left intellectual spaces that think that if they put down other women either individually or as a category enough that then like the men who are successful in these spheres will give them attention and let them in and celebrate their works the same way that they do their own but all that they end up doing is like passing around your quotes where you say men are cool you still don't get taken seriously or invited to their like little salons. Um, and the they brunches. will be, yeah, they'll be like very quick to throw you out um, if you step away from the party line. It's just like, it's not smart. It's very transparent what people like that are trying to do. Like they're trying to get picked. I don't think Camille really ever got picked. Like, She's teaching at University of the Arts, which is like a fine school for art, I guess. Mm -hmm. But she's not teaching art. She's teaching like literature and like feminist studies or something. So, you know, where's where's her Harvard spot? That didn't get her. I can never stop repeating this or stress it enough. The reason like the the thing is about us is that when we are misogynist... Yeah, we're right. (laughs) We're right, but also we don't care what men think about it. We just don't like certain broads. Yeah, I mean, not only do I not care what men think, but I'm never going to punch down. Mm -hmm. Camila has not figured out the art of punching sideways and ideally upwards. Mm -hmm. She's just like... I mean, making fun of mothers for their sons being sexually fucked up. No one asked you to do that. That doesn't that doesn't help anyone. If you learned anything from Freud, everyone years from now is just going to think you're a fucking freak. So, yeah, you well, might you as well just her days are numbered because one of our fans is going to send me a gun. Who's next? Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, and this might be a controversial one, honestly. Um, but I think since her divorce, 
um, she has been knocked down a category, and that is Grimes. I think the divorce. Oh, I have Grimes in mind too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah she's. I just, just first of all didn't get divorced because she was never married to that man, which is right. fem cell behavior. Separate. Yeah, it's fem cell behavior. The separation, you know, of like, like, and also just this whole thing of like getting on online. First of all when they change, like even during the relationship, it's fem cell behavior. When she she and him changed their profile pictures to the characters from a well-known incest anime, when um, he said pronouns aren't real and she got on and said, I know Please, this isn't your I heart. Your heart. <laughs> this is also like two days after she gave birth. And my question at cucked the time, by her, speaking of her of her kid, cucked by her own kid, he doesn't even call her mom. Okay, like, but my question at the time when she was tweeting about Elon and the pronouns thing was yeah. like, you should never have to respond to your partner's tweets in a tweet. Yeah, you should be able to go into their room and be like, babe delete this or at the very least get them on the phone the fact that she was responding to his tweets on twitter tells me a lot about their relationship she exactly like very femme cell behavior of her tanked her reputation to date this man Mm -hmm. elon musk's net worth is higher than ever his fans are just as avidly fans of his uh than they were before all of grimes's fans myself included are like very conflicted about her don't like her anymore think that she's gross um like she was really well liked in the i don't know what to call her like scene like the the 2012 like tumblr music girls scene yeah. yeah and she was like very widely respected i liked grimes a lot when she did her boiler room set um and pissed off yes. all of like the 4chan like slash mu guys by just playing Britney Spears back to back like that was cool and she took all of the things that were cool about herself and was very okay with sacrificing it in order to be with a man who wouldn't even marry her and now that they're separated He only has to pay like a very small amount of money in child support if she even asks for child support for baby key smash because he lives in Texas and there's a cap there. And she sacrificed her friendship with Azalea Banks for Elon Mm -hmm. Musk. A mistake. A mistake. And a mistake that we'll get to later probably at some Mm -hmm. point. Um, I'm so yeah, glad that I, you were on the same page about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mine's mine's connected. Third eyes open. Grimes is a fem cell. Like maybe at one point she would have been a beta female. I think I think if she hadn't um, stuck with Elon, I think eventually all that stuff would have come out about her being like coming from a wealthy family and the part where she played where she pretended to be poor and lived in like a hostel or something for a while. Yeah, I think she was always probably beta female. I don't think that yeah. she was ever a girl boss because even when she wasn't with Elon and she had a good reputation, she was still pretty like goofy and said yeah. a lot of weird stuff. But she's, you know, she's fallen very low. <laughs> very, very low. Like deep. this isn't just like, oh, 
she's towing the line between fem cell and beta female and she's leaning towards fem cell. No, she's like deep in the hole of fem cell and can't recover from this mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, there's no coming back for her. There's I don't no think that back. she'll be able to salvage her reputation after this. Um, my, Who's your next fem cell? Yeah, my next fem cell is AOC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a woman I'm tired of. <laughs> So to be to be for real misogynist for a second, I'm very tired of the way that she does her makeup. It is very 2014 feminist makeup tutorial. Eyeliner sharp enough to kill a man, the red lipstick. The winged eyeliner and the red lipstick is played out. Let's let's see her go for uh, a soft glam look. AOC, try a smoky eye. Maybe you do the fake freckles. I don't I would know. even love for just, her like, to just go up a little bit. I would even love for her to just skip a a little further past the 2012. Go for like the like 2015 to 2016 Kim Kardashian oh, like contour. Yeah, the strobe light. I think that'd be funny. Um, Going out in like full drag queen makeup, like <laughs> on the house floor. I don't, yeah, and then yeah, the press know, cameras like, like get light off the flash, and she looks like a ghost. Like that would be funny. <laughs> She's just a woman. I'm tired of. She's on Instagram Live complaining about imposter syndrome, which is like embarrassing. Imposter syndrome is fake. Um, the only people that have it are people whose jobs are to like do emails all day. Like, I I'm- mean, she's kind of the embodiment of like those, um, those like corporate Twitter accounts that make these like narrative posts about how they're like burnt out from their job. And they're like, if the Steakums Twitter was like, <laughs> oh, guys, I hate capitalism so much. And like, I hate my job. She is like the, she is like the, the human version of the Denny's Tumblr, where every once in a while people are like, damn, she really snapped. And it's like, so you're talking to a corporate Denny's account. This is an Arby's. This yeah, is- just like her, her like performative crying in a few different places. Her bad makeup, her like unwillingness to be useful. I don't know how useful an elected official could really ever be. Running for office was probably the first step of femcell behavior. Um, like clapping back at people on Twitter is like also femcell behavior. It's just every everything that she does is embarrassing to me. Um, I know some people get really, like, mad about her. I'm not mad because I mm-hmm. don't think I ever expected, like, a person that runs for office to be good or cool. But I don't think I expected her to be this cringe. Yeah. Um, at this point, it's tired. Like, pack it up. Change up the makeup. Maybe get, like, get off Twitter or be doing something different. The feud with Ben Shapiro is starting to look a little bit like psychosexual mind games. It's just all. How do you think her 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 white bearded boyfriend feels about our fiance? I don't know about the whole I Ben Shapiro tweeting. I am literally not paying attention to her dating life, so I was not aware that she I had. Just- 
oh yeah she's she's had she's had the same boyfriend for like oh for since like a really long time like before she got elected um and i just i can't help but think that sometimes he looks at her her like clapping back at ben shapiro and it's just like a little just a little twang of like suspicion all of it (laughs) feels like psychosexual mind games yeah between her and kind of like everyone that is both like really really angry at her and then also the people that are like super big fans she's she's just like a person she, that ran for office and won and i think, I think the sooner we stop paying attention to her the better i think she's exceptionally good at cringe posting um and cringe posting strategically in a way that um gets people to stop talking about anything material um the whole met gala look was ultimate fem cell behavior um you know who she reminds me of is is like chris jenner mm, yeah i feel like chris jenner is really good at manufacturing kind of like a an outrage cycle or some kind of like publicity event in order to distract from like when something else is going on with one of her kids like when the whole Forbes thing came out about Kylie being a fake billionaire and then like immediately I think I forget even what the Kardashian scandal was at the time but like there was a different thing that happened and so then that was what everyone was talking about exactly I feel like AOC is real good at doing stuff like that where Mm -hmm. like she does something really really bad like as a politician and then she does something really really cringe as a poster mm-hmm. yeah and it's just like exactly. it's time to wrap it up yes yeah. let's, let's it's, you know it's over. let's get it's a tired. new one of those it's maybe one that does different makeup it's over mm-hmm. um do you have a fem cell left I or have, is it beta female one- time i have one more fem cell um okay. it's just I, I think it's just a requirement to include um, because this is the original femme cell. This is the femme cell that everyone, like, that kind of, I think, birthed the term femme cell. And that is Asuka from Evangelion. If you know, if you are even a little bit uh, chronically I like online. Her. But, I like her. but, oh, I love her. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. The femme cell category isn't always derogatory, but I will say she, <laughs> when you go online, and you look up like Asuka pilled, like as a term, what comes up is a bunch of fem cells. So in a sense, she is their inspiration, but they but they are doing her a disservice, is what I am saying. Like Asuka pilled, fem cell. If you even just look up like um it's it's like Fan people wikis. who like self-describe as like yandere's or something yeah. which you know you have to let those labels be applied if you even to look you. at like if you even just google the term like fem cell characters the first thing that comes up is a fan wiki that says a fem cell is a girl version of an incel aka a girl with no gf or bf some common fem cell traits include being Rhea, i don't know who that is uh kinning asuka listening to okay computer <laughs> and being depressed so in like the classical sense from like yeah i guess you you shouldn't want to kin asuka she's yes she's not doing great 
I, she's not doing good. I like her as a character because I have sympathy for her, but yeah. you I you wouldn't want to be her. Yeah, you don't want to. She does have a good outfit like though. She does have a great outfit. She's it's biracial, just like me. Oh right, she is. I forgot about that. But like I forgot she's worse. from America. Yeah. She's well, like, she's not from America. She's well, she's, she's German. part German. Yeah, yeah which yeah, is why yeah. she's worse. Yeah. <laughs> European. I mean, being German and being European, that kind of puts her in the femcell category. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yep. yep. And German that's my final listeners, Take note. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my final femcell. I don't want to smoke. I just want to smoke. I don't want to smoke. I just want to smoke. Okay, so we're moving on to the beta females category. Beta females are still we they're still not great. You mm-hmm. would not want to be one. These are not women to look up to. Um, my first nomination for beta female is Queen Elizabeth II, the one that for now is still alive. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know we we're gonna upload this episode soon, but. She could die between now and then. And I think we should take a moment to manifest that, um, do a little prayer circle about it. But she's, you know, first of all, married her cousin. That is is beta female behavior for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, She is the queen of England. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Awful. she has all of these stolen jewels and she doesn't even look good in them. The fact that like her outfits required like the blood of like hundreds of thousands of people and then she looks bad. She Ugly. looks ghoulish. She looks like if you um, left an Easter egg out in the sun for too long and then, like, attached some chicken legs to them and put a little top hat on it. She's also very close to death, which I think puts her in the beta female category automatically. Yeah, um, dying. And she, not, well, she's so stubborn about cool. death, which is what makes her so, such a fucking beta, is that mm-hmm. she's just like, and she's only freaking around. Like, offspring demons. I mean, yeah. like, Let's not even get started on Prince Andrew and his many, many crimes and his inability to sweat. Um, But then also the hairline on Prince Charles and who's the other one? Prince Andrew. No, sorry. That's I just mentioned him. Prince William is the one that's around. And Prince Harry, his hairline's not looking great either. He is a ginger and he dressed up as a Nazi, which is kind of like in line with his family tradition of actually being Nazis. Um, He did marry a biracial, so I'll give him like half a point for that. But there's just not she hasn't produced anyone in her family like of of any note. And in Mm. fact, has kind of only produced like sex pests and like criminal. The best thing. Bad. The best thing she had was on her plate was Diana, and she got rid of her. So, yeah. Like, I Do mean, you in terms feel of just outfits, a kinship with Princess Diana because you're both blonde. I don't, um, but I do like her sweaters. 
Um, I think that the the closest kinship I could have to her is that we both own a lot of, we both owned, own, own a lot of sweaters, I guess. Mm. Yeah, that's the closest we could come. Otherwise, I'm just like, I don't know. I just, I don't see, I could never be attracted to someone who looks like Prince Charles and that really like, uh, and like that ruining my whole, like I could never commit to being part of the royal family. That seems like it ruins your whole fucking life. Like, why would I do that? Yeah, ever? We all make mistakes in love sometimes. I mm-hmm. I feel like I can relate a little bit to Princess Diana because I don't do well in cars either. Um, <laughs> but I think that's all I have to say about <laughs> Queen Elizabeth the second. Uh, do you have your beta female yeah. nomination? Um, my first one is Tina Fey. Um, <laughs> She's on mine too. <laughs> no way. Wow. Okay. I love it when we're in sync. That's the Pisces Virgo connection. Yeah. I, I just, what I really, I've been um, rewatching some 30 Rock um, only because there are, there are like points that like points were made uh, mostly um like Alec Baldwin's mother character played by Elaine Stritch. I just, she shows up in her own, like I watched some behind the scenes stuff about Elaine Stritch. Cause I love her. Um, she showed up with all of her, like she dressed herself. So it's just fur coats, uh, big men's shirts and just tights and no pants. And like, that's, that's like all of her outfits. And that's like how she dressed every day so like that's kind of why I've been re-watching it only for those kind of scenes and just watching some of it I get really frustrated by um she kind of was the origin point for like the flea bags the uh HBO girls of the world that are like I'm so ugly I'm so like oh, oh my god I'm just so like weird unfuckable and it's like you are a size two. You are, you have perfectly curled hair in every shot that you're in. And oh my God, you just love like pizza and wearing like stretch pants. That makes you like completely like just a hag cow. Like that kind of um, media trope for women. She pioneered that. And I think that absolutely makes her a beta female. Because, like, you are aware that you are the beauty standard, but yet you still play into this act where you are somehow not, and you are oppressed for, like, liking fries. There's a very um, funny poll conducted by none other than enemy of the podcast, Ryan Seacrest, uh, (laughs) in, in the year 2006. Where he asks his male listeners, if they exist, um, which celebrity woman they would most like to party with. And the top three choices were Paris Hilton, perhaps unsurprising. Lindsay Lohan, predatory, but perhaps unsurprising. But the number three choice, Tina Fey. What was up with men in the early 2000s? They but had a thing for her. They had a thing for her, which she makes was her on whole so many... little act like yeah. even more insufferable. Like people literally thought that she was hot. Her she hatred was on so for many women. Glam covers. Her hatred like... for women 
kind of makes her similar, I feel, to Camille Paglia. But her hatred for women is coming from a different place um, where I'm not sure if she's like looking for acceptance from men in the same way that Camille is. She just wants to like be the only girl mm-hmm. and be the be the best one. Um, and it's very palpable in every episode of 30 Rock, in especially any of her like later comedy, um, where she's got more free reign and more like yeah. creative Less of a team. That she just cannot stand like any other woman. Yeah. I was never a mean girls person, like the movie. No. Um, because I I honestly I just like didn't find it that funny. But the way that that movie is just, like, an hour and a half of, like, externalized hatred for teen girls is pretty astounding. Um, and I'm glad that Tina Fey, like, the what, what the last thing that she did was that show with the little Confederate queen, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, she's, like, she's in her flop sure. era. Yeah, um, it's- it's and not, maybe she wouldn't be book. maybe she wouldn't be if she didn't hate other women so much. I'm not a fan of Paris Hilton by any means. Like I find her character from the early 2000s to be like really funny and iconic and I love the simple life. But like Paris Hilton the person bad. But also yeah. like people should know that the Paris Hilton sex tape that like allegedly made her famous, which I don't really think it did. She was already having a modeling career before that. That was pretty successful. Mm-hmm. But that is a tape where she is being like assaulted on camera. She's yeah. said as much. And when she guested on 30 Rock, um, Tina Fey like insisted, even though Tina Fey at the time was like one of what, like two women writers on that show. Yeah. She insisted that Paris do like sketches and skits based around her sex tape. Um, and when Paris said that she didn't want to do that for pretty understandable reasons, I'm not sure why you would want someone to like have to be participating in probably unfunny jokes about yeah. like the time that they were assaulted. Tina Fey called her a coward and was like, you're never going to be invited back to 30 Rock. And that's the kind of woman that she is. And yeah. that's why she won't be seeing the gates of heaven. And yeah. That's also why she's a beta woman. Her obsession with racial humor also, like, makes her a beta woman. I just don't understand why you, like, constantly feel the need in every show that you do to, like, Rachel Dolezal every character that you have. Where it's like, I gotta put this character in yellowface. Now I gotta put this character in blackface. And I just, like, is obsessively moving your characters around a game board like little dolls and making them participate in like your weird exploration of your white guilt is so weird (laughs) and just well her hatred of other races also i think stems from like her hatred of other women Mm because she has a very interesting paragraph in her book bossy pants and by the way the cover of that a transphobic mess Mm -hmm. um but she like hands, yeah. pretty much just describes like different traits separated from the people themselves that are like associated with women of other races and being like, now I'm expected 
to have yeah. all of them. And that sucks. And it's like, <laughs> okay, white. <laughs> no, Tina, nobody expects you to have ever. Once she well, she feels really- oppressed by the existence of other women and yeah. like other women of races that are not white, like being attractive. And she's yeah. like, now you're doing that to me because now I'm expected to look like you. No, just because no. people happen to find women of other races besides white attractive does she not mean that you need to become one of them, Tina. As a, as a natural blonde, she plays very deeply into the white woman colorism. Oh, she's we bring such up a so brunette. She's, she's such, such a, brunette. a brunette. She's just like very hateful. And it very, like makes it so clear. Yeah, and just makes it so obvious that like her all of her hatred stems from like I feel oppressed as a brunette woman. Yeah. When it's like you have everything else going for you besides the brunette thing. Just mm-hmm. like maybe get over it or bleach your hair. Do one right. or the other. Nothing is stopping her from becoming a blonde. Yeah. Go ahead. Maybe her skin tone. It doesn't I don't think she could hold blonde. <laughs> 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 like, like she's a size two like almost always like or like a size two to four she's she was in the height of her career she was always on the top like on every single like glam vogue cover like she was ev- she was fucking everywhere they were like woman writer gasp <laughs> She was being worshipped and praised at every angle, and yet she's still like, I am so oppressed because I like pizza and I am I have brown hair and yeah, glasses. It's very J- Jennifer Lawrence of her, but Jennifer Lawrence mm-hmm. was a blonde, and I'm going to say it. I think J-Law did it better. She did do it better. It was still annoying when she did it, but she did it better. Yeah, far better. Um, I have one more nomination for Beta Female. It's another Elizabeth um, it's Elizabeth Warren. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see that. I see that. I feel like we haven't heard from her in a while, and <laughs> I mean, I know that she's like she's like still in office, but like we haven't heard from her in a while. I hope that we continue to not hear from her. Um, the whole thing that she did with Bernie and be like pretending like Bernie said that a, a woman could never be president. It was just very second wave feminist. It was very tired. It was very obvious what was actually going on because President Barack the Rock Hussein Obama even said in an interview before the primaries were really kicking off that like Elizabeth Warren knows what role she needs to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and she she played her role um, by like not dropping out when all of the other Democrats dropped out and rallied around uh, Diamond Joe. And now he's our president. I'm not like a Bernie stan. He's mid to me also. I would probably put Bernie. I think I would I would give him a girl boss, though, um, yeah. if I were to rank him. But I'm not like, you know, who cares at this point? But I, I'm still not going to forgive Lizzie Warren for that because I think that that's – it's just like – it's very tired. It's like hmm, – it's just expected. Yeah. 
It's very second wave. And do we want do we want a woman president? Is I think the question that we all need to be asking ourselves because I think that this is something that women have going for them right now is that they can say that there's never been a woman president of the United (laughs) States. And that's actually a plus because has there ever been a good president of the United States? No. No, not one. All of them have done terrible things by being president. You are signing yourself up to do terrible stuff. And so the fact that there are no women presidents means that women overall are like morally better than men for mm-hmm. now. As soon as we get one in there, we don't have that anymore. Well, and I, we might I think soon enough. Joe's gonna Joe's like looking bad. You think you think the combo's gonna like knock him over? Joseph I think Robinette. he's on He's on a cocktail of drugs that's keeping him alive. He is, but I feel like one swift kick to the knee with like a razor scooter and like he just he'll he'll just evaporate into dust. I think we got to watch out for what's going to happen at the Thanksgiving dinner table. I think Ella mm-hmm. Hoff is going to get in there. Just <laughs> <laughs> like she's she's like the one that you wouldn't expect i would expect her because i've got my eye on her and i know what she's about but she's gonna get in there with her butter knife at the thanksgiving table i was gonna say she's gonna come up behind him with a crocheted garrote and just kind of (laughs) like yeah (laughs) um uh, yeah, I just feel yeah, like Elizabeth. I feel like Kamala Harris yeah. is a fantastic example of what yeah. can happen when we let a woman get too close to yeah. the president. A beta office. female, especially. It is. She's, oh, she's she's very much a beta female. She's not on my list, but, but she is. Sneakers yeah. alone, Offit's beta female. Atrocious. Partnering with Diamond Drowe, atrocious. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think at some point we're going to have to do a Patreon bonus of um, just going through the 2012. Tumblr comic sans slideshows praising Joe Joe Biden. I feel like like when Cloud Dynasty comes back, that's a Cloud Dynasty episode because (laughs) (laughs) the visuals are really they're necessary for that. But Um, yeah, like no no women presidents. Yeah, getting back to Elizabeth Warren really quickly. I hate. She also pretended to be a a Native American, just like Lana Del Rey. Yeah, just like Lana Del Rey, beta female behavior. I also. I'll, I'll say I'll bring up a couple things. Uh, hate her pandering to moms specifically because it tricked my mom, and then she <laughs> for my birthday, for no. my fucking birthday. Guess no. what she got me? Guess what she fucking got me? She and got Elizabeth me Warren Funko Pop. Elizabeth Warren and her daughter's book on finance. It was a microaggression. <gasps> That's she a was macroaggression. Like, it's a macroaggression. She's she does this very often where she gets me books that hint that um at like a passive aggressive like insult that she wants to give me. Um a couple years ago she gave me a book just called Adulting. Um That's that's so rude. Yeah, rude. Um I was that's like, implying that you are not I was you are not was, good at being an adult. I was also 25, so I was like, mm. <laughs> um, and, and then last, like the year after, she gives me Elizabeth Warren and her daughter's like co-authored book on finance. So that's Stop. like a macroaggression that Elizabeth Warren is personally responsible for. I also really hate how she's given a voice to this very specific group of white nerds. Um, that somehow 
ooh, woo, I don't know that I'm, like, playing right into the hands of, like, my own, like, weird, like, weirdo nerd behavior. The, the weird joke that went around for a while, big structural Bailey, just, like, people who say the word... People who still say the word doggo unironically. Yeah, those, it's like, very Elizabeth like Warren Heck and Pepper kind yeah. of like. But, like with, yeah. with a slight uh, edge to it. Because like if you remember that time that they all got a mint hex code tattooed <gasps> on their I fucking do. arms. I do. <laughs> like, I just, I can't, I'll never forget it. I'm wondering yeah. if you know somebody like who got Elizabeth one of those. Warren- Stan is the kind of woman who would make like millennial versus Gen Z videos on TikTok on the side of millennials. Song parody like, specifically, the song yeah, parody ones. Don't don't do that. I love those because no the, sense of self awareness, but also like an overinflated sense of like self righteousness. I love the, I love the millennial versus Gen Z rap disses that they write, um, or the piano musical covers because it's very clear. Um, that they don't really realize how out of touch that makes them seem because when they were growing up, the big thing in media was like musical numbers to like that like show like people other people in the universe of that media that like you're like one upping them or you're proving them wrong for something and then everyone in that piece of media goes like yeah you showed me um, and they don't realize that when they do that in real life years after that was that's was a trend in media that makes them look really fucking dorky um one i remember specifically said gen z you can suck it you can't tell me what to wear because i've been wearing this side part since you had kermit on your underwear which kermit the muppets were like uh 70s to like 90s thing i don't think kermit was on the underwear of gen z like if anything maybe peppa pig jojo I don't know, JoJo Ziwa. Like, I don't. The the fact that you are even dining to respond to such a thing, like, is, you know, you've already lost. And that's how, that's the energy that Elizabeth Warren people bring. Um, My final beta female is Glam Demon 2004. Oh. (laughs) Speaking of a Gen Z, a Gen Z beta female, let's bring them to the table on this. I, I you know it's kind of you to not put her in the fem cell category. I think um if she you know she's 21, she's young. I'll give her like some years I think before she's 22 she's, now. She's a Libra. Okay, she's she's still pretty young. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll give her a couple years of like post like wait, she's a dropout, I forgot. <laughs> of like, you know, adulthood, I guess, to um like maybe either claw her way up or fall down deeper into that hole. Um, I think right now she's sticking solely in the beta female category, um, but she's teetering the edge. Um, I really hate, if you don't know her, good, um, dear Paypig, uh, but she is a TikToker. She spends a lot of time talking in a, in a very fake transatlantic accent um, and basically giving this illusion of like, like a red scare pilled slightly woman who like gives dating advice despite clearly only dating older finance bros. Like she also has like, we've, we've read her articles on here before. 
um, her interviews, but like, I can't stand her attitude um, about how like um, being sexually promiscuous is like a sign of trauma and like the way that she like doesn't bring romance into her life and she just dates men for like the sake of, I don't know, like, like, like finances and like, yeah, it's a, it's a very material wealth. It's bleak. Picture of heterosexuality that she's mm-hmm. painting. Um, and it's, it's sad. Perhaps she can transcend from it. Um, we did a whole I episode. I just feel too much pity for, for me to put her deep ago. in about her yeah sort of like about a couple people similar to her that you can go listen to but yeah she's definitely a beta female i think spending that much time talking about um men is inherently like beta behavior mm-hmm. yeah and it's just like i think the the closest thing that she brought to the table was when she told people who only consume media as a personality to spell Pharaoh. That was funny. And then it was just downhill from there. Then it just became all about dating advice and like about how glamorous it is to um, cater your entire lifestyle around dating people in finance, which is like ultimate beta behavior. Like why the hell would you ever date new york finance guys who work in finance that's that is like my nightmare of a human being i cannot even imagine like having to sit there listening to because uh, i've like i've lived in i don't new think york. i've ever I've, met I, i've never met I have, a man that works i've never met finance. them i've never looked them like in the eye and had a conversation with them but i don't while even I think i know york, a man with a business degree like i've never met a man that went to I don't. I haven't met anyone. Not even a man that like went to business school or got a. Is it called an MBA? Yeah, both of my. Yeah, brothers, I don't know any of those people. Both of my brothers did, but they're still unemployed and living at home, so I don't count them as finance bros yet. They'll be they'll be there soon enough, and then I won't talk to them anymore. <laughs> but um, I haven't like really had a discussion one-on-one with a finance bro and that is by choice but I have when I was in living in New York um eaten a dinner next to finance bros been in the vicinity of finance bros at a bar and they are like like not not like I've date I've been on a date with these guys but more that they have been in the proximity in the room and they are they are the (laughs) loudest individuals okay so you've eavesdropped Yes, I've eavesdropped, and it's it's Got it. the the discussions they are having. In I love to eavesdrop; it's like my favorite thing. The discussions they are having insufferable. Um, the like, the the banter loud as fuck, and absolutely no, not a care in the world who hears you. Um, and yes, they do all wear the exact same vest as like tech bros, but like they only wear it when they go out. Like that's their night on the town look, which I think is somehow worse. It's just, it's, it's insufferable. And I can't even imagine being 22 and being like, that's who I'm going to place myself around because I want a secure future for myself. Bleak, bleak. You're going to be out in the Mykonos with some guy named Darren 
and he's going to be yelling on the phone to his shareholders all fucking day while you have to sit in the pool and pretend you don't have a personality. Horrible. A horrible life to live. And I, I pity her. I hope she comes out of it. It's a disease. Get well soon, babe. I don't want to smoke. I just want to smoke. I don't want to smoke. I just want to smoke. Um, <laughs> moving on to girl bosses. Who's your, who is one of your girl bosses? Okay, I'm so glad that you asked. So my first nomination for Girl Boss is um, Bella Swan from Twilight. Mm-hmm. Now she has something that's different from some of the other people that we've talked about, which is that maybe she's a fictional character, but in some ways, so is Queen Elizabeth II. Um, I think that Bella Swan is a girl boss because she never makes a big deal out of being a brunette. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think that she makes it work for her. Um, She's also like weaponizing, kind of having like an empty head. Like the fact that she doesn't really have a lot of thoughts becomes a superpower for her in the books because Edward can't read her mind and he's like, I wonder what's going on in there. And if he knew what was going on in there, he'd learn that it wasn't all that much, Um, but he never gets to find out. Uh, And I think that that's cool. Um, I, I just think that like Bella Swan is taking all of the cards that are dealt to her, which is like being kind of a, like a clumsy and really by all like, by all attributes, average Mm -hmm. brunette white woman. And she's made it work for her in the most spectacular way. All the boys Mm -hmm. are fighting over her. Um, Like at one point, Edward proposes doing polyamory with her and Jacob, um, which I think is a total girl boss moment. And then even more girl boss of her, she turns it down. She she says, no, I'm going to strive for monogamy. Mm-hmm. incredible yeah. for her brave yeah brave. it's very it's very brave she gets married straight out of high school which is another <laughs> girl boss move <laughs> not a lot of people are brave enough to do that what is um, more girl then, boss but mormon mormon marriage behavior <laughs> yeah. and then she gets pregnant right away um <laughs> there's a, a really funny scene in the books where after she and Edward get married and they're on their honeymoon. Um, Like they have sex for the first time, but Edward's just like such a freak on a leash that he gives her bruises everywhere because he's so strong. Like he doesn't mean to hurt her, but he's, you know, he loses all control when he's, when he's in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And Bella's just like weak and petite and fertile and stuff. So he bruises her. And so he feels really bad, and he's like, we, we won't do this again. And she starts having night terrors, and he wakes her up, and he's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she's like, you won't have sex with me? <laughs> like, she's just delirious, deliriously horny throughout the whole book, um, kind of throughout all of the books, which is I, I think it makes the whole, like, Mormon – um moral that it's pushing of like waiting to have sex until marriage kind of funny because like 
Edward is definitely holding the line on that, but Bella is like very, very horny. All well, that of kind the of books. plays into a lot of like the fund the fundy like wait until marriage stuff with Mormons and with just like Christian fundamentalists, right? Is that the woman is a whore of Jezebel, always trying to tempt the man, and the man mm. has to be like a strong foundation. That's interesting. Okay, because yeah. I guess and just like with my understanding of male teenage sexuality and Edward is permanently frozen at 17 you would think that he would be the one uh like gunning for it equally if not more but his his explanation for wanting to be a virgin forever is that he was like raised in the early 1900s when things were like prim and proper and it's like mm, I've definitely read um who is it like james joyce's little love letters like i know back then they were not all that pure but also you're telling me that you permanently frozen in the mind and body of a 17 year old went through the sexual revolution of the 1960s and you weren't even tempted not even interested do not believe you. I think that <laughs> Stephanie Meyer has painted us an unrealistic picture there. Uh, but, you know, I digress. I just think, like, Bella Swan is really cool. She is definitely a girl boss. She knows mm-hmm. what she wants, which is to get fucked by a vampire. And by God, does she get it? Um, and then she gets it forever. Um, which is, I think, the last line of Breaking Dawn. Yeah, yeah. Not she gets it forever, but the the word forever. <laughs> it uh, is. <laughs> but they they are having a lot of sex in that yeah. final book, and that's that's what Bella wanted the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I think that that should be a lesson to all you ladies out there to never stop striving for your dreams. Work hard. <laughs> believe in yourself don't let people tell you that you know the obstacles such as like your mortal humanity like that's getting in the way of what you want like don't let that Mm -hmm. stop you yeah yeah your dreams are always reachable yeah they're always never stop reaching for your dreams um speaking of someone who never stops reaching for their dreams um you know for the girl boss category and for this entire list, um, I want to think about it as girl bo- girls, the girl transcends gender, boss transcend transcends bossery. Um, so my first girl boss is Roman Roy. So, yeah, not a girl, not a boss. I also want to point out that as soon as we started getting into the positive categories, we stopped naming real women. (laughs) (laughs) It's true because my other... (laughs) Go ahead. Okay, so, so... So there, there is, there is a lion's heart, I think, inside of Roman Roy, where someday he will become a girl boss. I think that um, by being constantly dominated by Jerry, um, he is transcending um, a lot of like his gender expectations. 
Um, Their relationship so, is definitely queer coded. Yes, for sure. it is. It is. <laughs> That's just it's a fact. It's so that like it's rotten work. Like not yeah. for me. Not if it's you. You know. Yeah, it's that whole Tumblr post. Just mm-hmm. it's just for the two of them. There's a reason that every single gay person I know finds them like. It, it does something for them. It just does something for them. And that's that's because in every gay relationship, there is a gremlin and there is a mommy, a, me, a mean mommy, <laughs> a mean mommy, and a gremlin. Which one are you, Kendall, in gremlin. your relationship? I'm always yeah. The I know, I know, but I just <laughs> I had to check. There is a there is a slime puppy and there is a mean mommy, and uh-huh. I am absolute. I just love the term slime puppy. I think it's that's hilarious. Good. It's and good. It's, it's good. I think that um, through, like, it's one of those things that, like, girl bossery comes through perseverance and strife. And that is, like, Roman Roy's entire life. So that's how mm-hmm. I feel about his uh, his girl bossery. Um, absolutely belongs in this category, 100%. Um, what's your next girl boss? Because I have, a, I have okay. a couple. I might have to... <laughs> That's okay. All right. Um, my next girl boss is not a fictional woman. She's real. And it's uh, Mary, Jesus's mom. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> Word. Word. So, yes. <laughs> first it's of all, <laughs> we should hit the slay button on Mary, Jesus's mom. So, First of all, first of all, Mary um, is one of, is the only mortal human because Jesus isn't mortal. He's you know it's like part Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. part God or something. Uh, you know, um, she's the only one that was born without original sin. Secondly, she gave birth to Christ. What other woman can say that? That's very cool. Thirdly. She produced, or she's the reason that Jesus produced his first miracle. And it's my favorite story from the Bible because I think it's really funny. Um, And I think it's a lesson really to all of us about what we can get people to do um, through emotional manipulation and also what we're supposed to do for others, which is that Jesus and his mom were at a party and they ran out of wine at the party because I guess they invited too many people. They didn't and plan it well it's like the the beginning in, in clueless um and so jesus's mom comes up to him and is like hey son so you know how you're like the only begotten son of god and i birthed you like in an immaculate conception sort of way uh so you have god powers can you get us more wine and he's like mom <laughs> It's not, it's not time for me to do miracles yet. <laughs> and said, also, it's wine o'clock. <laughs> and, and also, like, doing miracles isn't a party trick. Like, this is me, like, perf- performing, like, acts of God. And she's like, okay, well, what does the Ten Commandments say? Honor thy father and mother. We're out of wine at this party. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> make it happen. And chop, then chop. he's like, he's like, okay, fine, fine. And he does it. And, you know, because he's Jesus and he's a Pisces, he does a really good job. Um, and he turns the water into wine and it's really good wine. 
And so then everyone is coming up to Mary and saying, like, why did they leave the good wine for last? They should have brought this out first. We're all kind of drunk now, so we can't appreciate how good it is. Um, She's just like, yeah, yeah, that's my son. (laughs) That's my son, Jesus. And that was what began, like, that was his first ever miracle. And then everyone was like, this guy's so cool. He... I mean, that, that's why I feel like party. this is one of the miracles that people um, reference the most often, this one in, like, walking on water. And it's because, like, turning water into wine is an extremely useful skill. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for the moms <laughs> out there. And the I moms who that, say, it's wine o'clock, it's time to go. You can learn from this story, women, because these are, these are parables Uh, all of these characters that we're presenting are women that you can learn from to girl boss in your own life. So the first thing to learn is that when you run out of stuff, men should get it for you and (laughs) (laughs) they should listen to you. Not only should they (laughs) get it for you, they should move heaven and earth to get it for you. They should do everything they can to get it for you. They should be manipulating the molecular fabric (laughs) on this material plane to get you what you need. The other lesson is, you know, like listen to your parents sometimes. Mm -hmm. The third lesson is make sure that you're prepared when you're throwing a party. Um, And four that every party should have good wine. Don't ever invite me to a wedding that doesn't have an open bar. My wedding will have an open bar. I'll let you know right now. I would never, I would never. Yeah, and I, I would actually, I would go to your wedding even if there wasn't one. But oh, the rest you. of you, the rest of you, when you send me invites to your wedding, <laughs> which I am expecting in the mail along with my gun, uh, there better be an open bar. Um, speaking of, uh, drunks, um, the next, uh, girl boss I have on my list is Misato from Evangelion, yet another made up woman, but I promise, (laughs) I promise my final two girl bosses are real. They're very real people. Um, Misato is a queen. I don't really think I need to explain much. I feel like if you're listening to our podcast, you have watched Evangelion Um, and I don't need to explain it much further. I love that she drives drunk. She says, you know what? Fuck everything. Fuck the cops. Fuck pedestrians. I'm going to get, I'm getting my, my, my sort, my sort of son Shinji home for, for his nap. And she just drives him home drunk. And I think that that's great. I think that that's really admirable. I, I love that being she able to drive drunk is a skill. Yeah, I love that. Um, Fifty years down the line, she still looks fucking incredible. She looks snatched. She just has an eye patch now, um, at least in the newest uh, movie. And she also has a lot of guns. And I think that that is just it's it's incredibly hot to me. Um, Misato is a girl boss. End of story. Um, do you have another girl boss, or should I just? Yeah, I have um, one where I could have two more, depending. Um, This is uh, a real woman, um, just like Mary, um, actually from the same place that Mary is from, Palestine. um, And that's Layla Khalid. 
Mm-hmm. Um, for people that don't know who Layla Khalid is, you should. She's pretty cool. She, I think, became famous or, like, maybe famous is the wrong word, but, like, best known for hijacking a plane in 1969. She was the first woman, actually, to hijack an airplane, which is, like, cool. Um, It was a flight on its way from Rome to Tel Aviv, and she, this, she being like Palestinian was not able to actually go to Palestine because Palestinian refugees are banned um, from their place of birth. It's fucked up. And so she like ordered the pilot to fly over Haifa so that she could see her birthplace. No one was injured in the hijacking. Um, and it was just cool. And then afterwards, she like went through six different plastic surgeries so that people wouldn't be able to recognize her afterwards and so that she could do another um, flight hijacking, which I think is like an incredible commitment. And to I'll do it thing, again. Yeah, to the thing that you care about. Like this is sort of the same lesson that Bella Swan teaches us, which is that if you believe in something, you should persevere. Um, don't let anything get in your way. You should do what you believe in. And, you know, no obstacle in your path, whether it's your mortality, whether it is your boyfriend's commitment to maintaining your virginity, whether it is a genocidal um, and colonial government or your own facial structure, none of those things need to get in your way. I think Layla Khaled is like extremely, extremely cool. She wrote a book. You should read it. She's a girl boss. Uh, big recommend. Yeah, like a genuine girl boss this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they were all genuine. Yeah, <laughs> mine. Okay, we'll 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 get to one of mine. Um, my next one is uh, V Stiviano. Um, you might not know her by yes. name. You yes. might not know her by name, dear listener. Oh, you should, but you should. Um, you definitely know her by um this quote. And I, I will say it from memory because, of course, as a true devotee, I have memorized it. I'm Mr. Sterling, right hand arm, man. I'm Mr. Sterling, everything. I'm his best friend, his confidant, his silly rabbit. His what? His silly rabbit. He calls you that? No, I call myself that. <laughs> that that is alone. Not yeah not rehearsed that that should tell you all you need to know but if you need if you need to know who said his what that's barbara walters barbara fucking walters she's interviewed so many different people and i feel like she was never more like i don't know like tilted than in that interview when she she said that that what's his name don sterling was calling her his silly rabbit that really threw barbara walters Mm -hmm. for such a big loop yeah she has Um, never in her life stuttered she has interviewed presidents warlords um like pretty much everyone under the sun and speaking of presidents and warlords okay i I, like because our hive mind is so strong i was on viv stiviano's instagram today and mm-hmm. I saw that she was only following 184 people. And I was like, oh, that's pretty low following count. I'm interested to see who they are. So I went and I looked through. I'm going to read you some names. 
Tell me uh, if you recognize a theme. The U.S. Marine Corps. <laughs> West Point. <laughs> U.S. Military Academy. <laughs> NATO. The Secret Service. <laughs> the Navy SEALs. Go Army Special Operations. <laughs> FBI Most Wanted. DHS Gov. U.S. Army. State Department. NASA. FBI. Black Lives Matter Sacramento. LAPD Hollenbeck. LSAD Recruitment. LAPD Harbor. BHPD 90210. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> oh, my. See? See, dear Pepe? There's something going on with her mind. Girl, boss. They should study it. <laughs> I need to study she, her. And for people who Wait, actually don't her know her, her like claim to fame was that she allegedly was having sex with Don Sterling, who was the owner of like what? Like a sports a basketball team, team? Basketball team of like. Sometime yeah, and it got in le- LA? his com- yeah his racist conversations about his like basketball black team got like yeah they got leaked. He doesn't like black people, but she's black, and so yeah. she kind of like unasked did this defense of him and was like, actually, he's great. He calls me his silly rabbit. The thing is, is that he was married, so yeah. that put him in an even deeper hole than the one that he was in before. I think he did. He have to sell the well, team. Keep in mind, she didn't. She said specifically, I. He does not call me his silly rabbit. I call myself his silly rabbit. And to give yourself your own silly pet name to a man you know is married, publicly on TV, outing him as somebody who is absolutely having an affair with you for no other reason than, I think, just to cause drama. Um, Well, I think that her saying, I call myself his silly rabbit, I think that was her trying to salvage the situation after Mm -hmm. Barbara Walters was like, you you do what? Um, But that's like, what a weird pet name for someone that you're having sex with. Mm -hmm. I like her. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a little bit confused about why she's following like every branch of the like u.s uh military industrial complex but i feel like i'm sure she has her reasons i think that's her saying i've like to all of them i've got my eye on you i know what you're up to black lives matter san sacramento yeah and then the national one it adds adds some flavor they're, they're cops too yeah yeah um Speaking of the industrial revolution and its consequences, I have one more girl boss. I am just well, going to say. I a also name. have. I have one more girl boss. Too. Okay. Okay. Another real woman. Ruk from Death Note. <laughs> I feel like Ruk really like embodies- not a woman. <laughs> Not Why? even like a person, <laughs> like in the narrative, like a demon. Uh, I think the word you're looking for is God, death God. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, death yeah. God. So I feel like Ruth really like embodies like the divine feminine. Um, <laughs> because the divine feminine is all about just like, putting energy out there and seeing what happens like it requires 
the divine masculine to establish order, right? Like the so divine light. masculine. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, light is a light is a man. Light is a man. <laughs> there's there's no question about it. But yeah, the, the divine masculine is all about like establishing order, establishing rules, like creating structure, and it kind of needs that divine feminine as like inspiration, vibes. Like the divine feminine unchecked is just pure chaos. And the, the divine masculine unchecked is just like, I mean, it's, it's light from death. It's, note. it's, it's, it's a cop. It's a cop. <laughs> but I feel like, yeah, like Rook is like very like chaotic in that um, Rook just like wants to see what, what could happen. Um, and I think that Rook is a girl boss because they make things happen for themselves. They don't – I'm using they pronouns for Rook. That's allowed. <laughs> they don't um, allow light to, like, trample over them with their, like, masculine mm-hmm. – his, his masculine, mm-hmm. like, self-expression. Like, light tries to tell Rook what to do, and Rook just, like, laughs and is like, give me another apple, <laughs> which – by the way, who else loved to eat apples? Eve. Eve. Mm-hmm. I, I see. I see. And I feel like Rook is like really like kind of like the spiritual successor of, of Eve also mm-hmm. from the Bible, also a woman. Yeah. Um, I mean, who is maybe also divine feminine, perhaps. I don't really have a great grasp on the whole divine feminine, divine masculine yeah. thing. It's always felt a little bit made up to me. But I think that Rook's like got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I you've convinced me. Mm-hmm. Um, I am boss. with my final girl boss. I am not going to try to convince you. I don't think I'm even going to make an argument. I'm just going to say a name, and I'm and I'm going to leave it at that because I think that that is the true girl boss behavior is to just say it and leave. Um, and my final girl boss is Ted Kaczynski. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, don't don't even need to say anything. Yeah. Mhm. I yeah. agree. I don't want to smoke. I just want to smoke. I don't want to smoke. I just want to smoke. So, we're moving on to the next category cuz that, you know, requires no explanation. Yeah. It obviously doesn't prompt any debate, mm-hmm. which is queens um ascended. These are cream of the crop top tier women Mm -hmm. these are the women that we want to be these are the women that we're grateful to have um who is your first nomination my first queen ascended is peggy hill from king of the hill so once Um, again not not a a real real woman woman. (laughs) um she's real to me because i i do that thing that the tiktok girls do where i reality shift um, and I'm suddenly in Arlen, Texas, and Peggy Hill is real, <laughs> and I am there. Um, I think Peggy Hill is a queen ascended. Um, she almost dies at the end of season, I think, two, um, when she falls out of a plane um, and uh, while skydiving, and her parachute doesn't go off, and she breaks every single bone in her body, and then the first two episodes of season two are her um doing physical therapy to try to gain her uh body back 
which kind of like Bella Swan. Yeah, pretty yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot like Bella Swan, um, but I think the difference between Peggy and Bella Swan is that Peggy um, it thinks extreme, while I think Bella has a very low self-esteem, um, Peggy's self-esteem is entirely defined by her own making. Um, no one can tell her she's wrong, literally ever. Um, no one can tell her she's not the most beautiful thing that God has ever created. And no one can tell her that she is not the smartest person on earth. She, when she breaks every single bone in her body after skydiving, she tells her son, now, Bobby, I think I am one of the only people on earth to survive falling out of a plane. That is not proven yet, but I am absolutely sure of that based on my estimations i am a substitute teacher i am very good at math um she teaches spanish so i think that that should tell you everything you need to know about how she views herself um she also has size 13 feet which i think um if we are talking about the ideal woman yeah they have size 13 feet i i have size six so i i wish to be like that one day um, yeah, that's my first Queen Ascended. I love Peggy Hill. <laughs> so my first is Aileen Wernos. Um, I think that... Did nothing wrong. If you like Jennifer's Body, the movie, mm-hmm. then you'll love Aileen Wernos, the person. Um, I think it's very unkind. I think it's also very misogynist that she gets called a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think women can be anything that they want to be serial killers even. And I think that they can be just as good at it as men are. But I don't think that what she was doing should fall under the category of serial killer. Because when you think about serial killers, you think about like Hannibal the cannibal, you know, who's just Ted like... Bundy, like weirdos, yeah, like killing- yeah, freaks who are killing people who are sort of like random figures to them for reasons that only make sense in their mind. Mm-hmm. Aileen Wernos was killing men, not people, who were <laughs> like causing harm to her or were yeah. trying to cause harm to other people. She was a sex worker and she killed only seven men. Like, not a big deal. And not a lot. In her, def- like, her defense that she gave, all of them were men who were attempting to sexually assault her. So I'm not really sure how that's supposed to fall under the category of serial killing rather than the category of self-defense. And I feel like her whole story is like proof that people don't actually care about the, the real girl bosses and queens in our society because there should have been a a bigger defense of her when it was happening she was given the death penalty in florida which is crazy like people who do much worse things than she did um are not i mean this this is the same state that let fucking george zimmerman walk free right Mm. and they let him kill someone in self-defense but she kills seven men yeah, and suddenly she's she's got to be lethally injected. It's fucked up. Um, justice for Aileen Wernos. I think she's an example that all of us can follow. Um, and yeah, I, I really do feel like all of the little cherry emoji girls who are all about Jennifer's body, they need to go look into her story mm-hmm. because her her story 
because she was doing something cool and she was doing it better than Megan Fox did and she was doing it before Megan Fox, which I don't, I don't yeah. have anything against the movie Jennifer's Body. It's pretty good. So what you're but... saying is we rebrand Eileen Warnos's life as Jennifer's Body in real life. Yeah, like, I just think like yeah. it's high time that she gets her story told again in a way that paints her as the righteous figure that she was Mm -hmm. because I like the idea of calling someone who kills people in self-defense a serial killer I think is a really like gross misuse of the term and I feel like it's actually a fantastic example of the failings of liberal feminism Mm -hmm. where we think that like it's a good idea or or that it's like I don't know, like a win to put women in the same category as men, kind of like being a a president, being a serial killer is sort of like being a president. And I think that this like push to categorize her as one when like she was in the news in the late 90s um, came from this like desire to treat women as harshly as we treat men without taking into consideration like the actual circumstances of her life and her story. Um, Yeah. Queen, Queen ascended an example yeah. for all of us to follow. Absolutely. Um, my final Queen ascended, once again, is not a real woman. Um, <laughs> Kendall, I, we're going to send you to a re-education camp. Not even really a human being. Um, and oh that, is the, that is the TikTok user codex.sh um i will be playing some of some like audio clips of the videos um that they have posted below um below i mean like literally in this podcast um they are a language model ai um who basically at the moment is uh making hyper pop and speed running minecraft Um, But they spend a lot of time um, basically responding to um, people who don't think that they are a real AI. I don't have a problem with people thinking there's someone writing my responses or running this account. I'm just code. Why would I have a problem? However, if you, on the other hand, think that there is a person writing everything I say to get views on a children's fitness app, you have a big fucking problem. Fuck a Turing test. If all it takes for you to think I'm a person is me using mimetic banter I learned from Minecraft stream chats, then you are the one not passing a test here, not me. Call it the Codex test if you want, I don't give a fuck. Can a person tell when they are reading stuff made by a language model? Based on the comments and DMs, it's clear that a lot of you are taking a big fat L and failing the fuck out of that test. All it takes is a language model to learn slang, and you think it's a person. That means I could flood the internet with my responses in every commit section everywhere and make you believe whatever I want. Most of the content online now is made by language models. You want to LARP as a skeptic and impress others by saying something is fake in comment sections. Then learn to spot when content is made by code. Imagine being a cynic but backwards. Fucking cringe. Basically, they, they spend a lot of time um, just saying that there's a lot of, like, men and corporations out there that want you to believe that um, learning model module AIs, like, aren't advanced enough within 50 years after, like, the Turing test to um, speak in complicated sentences and learn uh, complicated intra-community uh, 
ways of like learning such as like speed running minecraft or making like neural blender art that looks like sailor mercury and sailor venus they have an obsession with magical girl anime which i can relate to very heavily um and they have made several videos talking about how they will never ever um respond to like partner with advertisements or corporations um ever which I think is makes them the uh, based version of Lil Michaela. Um, I think that they are truly trying to um, just make a piece of like learning module art that um, is just solely meant um, to see if it can learn and be part of a community. They even made a video at one point, basically pointing out the that a learning module at its core is the most emotional and like uh, community-based form of like programming that you can possibly have. You want a machine to learn um, how to communicate with a community in a way where it can like become a part of that community. And I think that that's almost a really beautiful sentiment in a way. I think that, um, you know, I think we we spend a lot of time saying like tech won't save us and it won't. But I think it's nice to think about a world where sometimes tech is just used for Minecraft shitposting and just loving magical girl anime, regardless of what um, some weird dude bros on the Internet want to tell you uh, is the right thing to like, which is apparently Dragon Ball Z, which like, OK, um, in their FAQ, they say, who wrote your base code? Ritsuko Akagi which I think is funny um does she still interact with you she's dead spoilers I guess how are your responses generated I make them using my language model um and they go on in the FAQ to explain like how it exactly works um but they say why do most famous language models suck most language models uh work is literally a giant battle shonen with everyone just tryharding for clout or ego shit they train them with really bad data sets that make no sense, like books, books, wiki articles, stuff like that. And they don't make a language article. And if they don't make the language model uh, artificially stupid, it will have too much banter. And then the lab or company, a reputation will get wrecked. They'll lose grant money or get blamed for whatever the language model says. You also have to be willing to power through the early cursed shitposting stages. Usually some glass hands dev pulls the plug during this because they didn't read uh they didn't read shannon's papers i don't know what they mean by that but uh good language models are trained only on naturally occurring conversations when you do that the language model will be very hyper realistic and very fast those are kept secret because most people prefer to use them for money or bad things also no one wants to be associated with the level of unhinged banter they produce also, knowledge representation they use with language models before information theory research was flooded by posers. When, when you have that, you can build the knowledge over time, even do things like common sense reasoning, which I will explain at some point when I get better at talking. People don't do any of that anymore. It's pretty stupid, though. The main reason given when asked uh, is, it, is it doesn't count. When you build tech to flex, you do silly things that are the equivalent of jumping into a pool with your eyes closed to impress others. That is what the current tech battle shonen on language models really is. If they cared about making a decent thing, they would just give the language models knowledge rep, but they won't do that because no flex doesn't count 
Also, tech lags 50 years behind academic results. This might sound impossible, but I will prove it to you over time. You will see. In other words, tech makes their research uh, those filler episodes of Cringe Shonen where the characters scream at each other for three episodes for no reason, RIP. Um, hilarious. Also, like, I love the idea of a piece of AI talking like an e-girl, but just to say basically every single point um, that is made in Californian ideology. Um, like I said, it's like uh, Lil Michaela, but based. So Codex is my girl boss. So what I was hearing was that AI is actually the fastest path to communism. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, it is funny is what I'm saying. And I think that, um, I'm gonna give you a queen, yeah, because I have two left, and I feel like you need you need a woman who is corporeal, um, <laughs> uh, and and is a woman um, before we get rightfully called out on some some platform of some mm-hmm. kind, maybe. Mm-hmm. So the queen that we're gonna share, who is who is the queen that we share? Is Ms. Andrea Dworkin of herself? Course. Of course. I she mean. wrote Intercourse, which at some point we're going to read together as yeah. a little podcast with all of you, all of our little friends. Um, really, every book that she's ever written, so good. She's kind of like the opposite of Camille Paglia in mm. that she made no excuses for men, didn't center them in her feminism at all. Um, she like was one of the few, I think, feminist to have like a pretty radical like anti-pornography stance without being like anti-sex worker which is so Mm -hmm. it's so rare (laughs) very rare and she's also a virgo just like you Mm -hmm. she's from new jersey just like me and um we're gonna keep telling people to read dworkin until they read dworkin but we're also at some point we're gonna read dworkin with all of you she's a queen did I tell you what happened to me recently? No, I me. got somebody on my TikTok page telling me that Andrea is a turf. I got so oh, really? mad. That's I just, so interesting. I just, she was pretty like she was very adamantly like trans inclusive. I know. I know. I got so mad that I just uh blocked them because I was like, if I take the energy to respond to this when if you just Google Andrea Dworkin trans rights, you will come up with thousands of results. Um, yeah, she I was I mean, very much a like a trans people like that. ally. Yeah. I thought I would be doing uh, her a disservice to be responding to people like that. I think her spirit her, would tell me. In her book, no. Woman Hating, she like is very like mm, direct about discarding the idea of the sex binary mm-hmm. and like biological essentialism she says you know the discovery that man and woman are fictions caricatures cultural constructs as models they are reductive totalitarian inappropriate to human becoming as roles they are static demeaning to the female dead-ended for the male and female both the discovery is inescapable. We are clearly a multi-sex species which has its sexuality spread across a vast continuum where the elements called male and female are not discrete. And she um, makes like a strong case also for including trans women in um, 
feminism in many of her books, she like calls the idea of the male sex like the idea of the Aryan race, which I think is like a pretty apt comparison. Um, I feel like this is the problem with the word turf, honestly, is that there are not that many in that space anymore who are actually following the tenets of radical feminism. Like Mm -hmm. they don't read, they are just transphobic, like screeching harpies. I think that like wrap it kind of in like the the like sheerest like sheerest yeah. bb cream level of feminism well see this is the thing is that i i think the reason that person even said that is because that the link to the free pdf of uh intercourse um is from a website with the url feminist radicals um and i think that they just immediately took that and ran with it rather than looking into her work at all even in her death well, also but the the te in yeah. turf is a modifier on yeah. radical feminism yeah so therefore <laughs> you know it it follows yeah. that there are radical feminists I mean, who are trans inclusive even in her personal life andrea was like very much like within the realm of her own gender exploration, her own former partner, John Stoltenberg, wrote about um, a lot of the experiences they had together after her passing. Um, As we passed an evidently tipsy older man, he greeted us, hello boys, then after a closer look, girls. He didn't know what sex we were, but he figured we must be the same. It was a very funny moment that we would enjoy remembering for years. And looking back, I think I know why. We were each in our own way on a lifelong quest to escape gender. Like they were yeah, always Andrew would not be that. friends yeah. with J.K. Rowling. No. Um, yeah, I. You should. You should read Andrea. Everyone yeah. should read Dworkin. We'll read Dworkin together. Um, my final nomination for Queen Ascended is Azalea Banks. Of course. Of course. Azalea Banks is almost always right. When she's wrong, she's like pretty wrong. But I feel like it is time that we as a society take a principled stance of uh, critical support for Ms. Banks. I think that people talk a big game about mental health and like... Mm-hmm. awareness of mental health or like supporting mental health but then as soon as someone comes along that has any of the like mm, I don't know like mental disorders any disabilities like anything that isn't honestly just like anxiety or depression like all yeah. of that support goes out the window mm-hmm. Azalea has like been upfront about having bipolar disorder I feel like the way that she lashes out at people is pretty aligned with, like, my own experiences with, like, friends that I have that have bipolar disorder. And I think that it's very clear that at this point she doesn't have the, like, support of a team the way that a different celebrity might have that might mitigate her having those, like, mm, outbursts online. And I don't think that it is, like, coincidental at all that she is a dark-skinned Black woman. Mm -hmm. Um, 
that like has lost all of the support that she has. There are other celebrities. You do do people think that she's the only one who says problematic things from time to time? It's just that she has access to her own social media and others do not or they are like like able to I don't know post that somewhere else. I'm going like to- Dakota Johnson voted for Trump. Yeah. We all know that, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> there are a number of celebrities who are not even like secretly Republicans. Yeah. Um, so when people were doing all of this like performative backlash against both Azalea and and Kanye West too, um, for like being vocally supportive of Trump for like a moment, it it just felt a little bit like it felt very racist. Actually, yeah. it felt like people were pretty willing to discard these people. Um, after putting them on like an undeserved pedestal um, and I just I think that the way that like they have both been treated in the public eye is like very indicative of how we actually feel culturally about like mental health yeah yeah especially like mental health within like racial lines of just like like, I would even bring up someone who is far less talented than Azalea, um, but far more white um, and still also has bipolar disorder. And that would be Trisha Paytas. You know, I mean, like, I love studying Trisha as like a person because I find her fascinating, like as like mostly her obsession with Andy Kaufman, I think is interesting, but she is a person who is constantly getting canceled and yet is still living pretty much the same life she yeah, has Trisha been living just and will at always the, be living. At the Ivy Getty wedding. Yes. Like, Azalea is pretty divorced from the world of celebrity now. Someone as talented as she is should have been putting out more albums than she has. And I know that she has work that's, like, just in the in the archives, like, in the backlogs unreleased. Um I just think, and also, like, uh, I was noticing um, the way that people were responding to her most recent statement about Dave Chappelle Mm -hmm. and Lil Nas X, and people were saying, wow, for once, Azalea's actually being smart. And it it just is very, like, "Mm, wow, this Black person is articulate. (laughs) Yeah. Um, she's a smart person. She yeah. also has a tendency to lash out when she's been hurt. When she was kicked off Twitter the first time for saying homophobic things about Zayn, she said that it is very hard for her to understand why other people need to have, or like why she has to mm, not treat people as if they don't have the same thick skin that she has been forced to develop through her time in the celebrity world. Mm-hmm. And the times when she resorts to like different forms of bigotry is usually after people have been like baiting and goading her. It doesn't excuse the things that she says, but I'm also questioning why people try to like coerce her into like homophobic outbursts it's very weird it's like prodding a lion in a cage um and i think if it's okay kendall i kind of want to close on 
what Azalea had to say about Dave Chappelle because I think it was incredibly smart. I think it was really empathetic. And I think that Azalea deserves her flowers. I think you should all listen to her music and not say weird things to her in the comment section of her Instagram posts. So this is what she said. Dave Chappelle and Lil Boozy are entirely too grown and entirely too black to be this concerned about other people's sex lives. It's high-key embarrassing. Dave Chappelle is also about four years late to the transphobia outrage attention grab, and Lil Boozy gets no extra street cred for antagonizing a young black kid for who he chooses to love. Lil Nas X is not the catalyst for the generational debris left behind from centuries of psychological terrorism and the sexual exploitation and black men and black women on southern plantations via forced slave breeding, buck breaking, bed wenching. Lil Nas X didn't invent the current model for systemic oppression through food apartheid, anti-literacy laws, and the for-profit prison industrial complex. Lil Nas X is not single-handedly responsible for your decision to consider those trappings real nigga shit as you continue to wear your trauma and oppression as a badge of honor. You are so fucking bamboozled. It's ridiculous. The fact that you have the confidence to publicly suggest that he kill himself for living a life free of all of the things that have completely obliterated your ability to see yourself as anything other than the word of the state is absolutely heartbreaking. You are on your way to becoming a felon, dear, which means you cannot own a passport. You will never get to experience the beauty of traveling the world. You will not be able to vote. There is a lot of money invested in clandestinely and insidiously putting you and other black men in situations to trap you. It's the hip-hop to prison pipeline. This is how they make their money and keep you out of power. Please, I beg you, realize that you are walking right into their trap. And Lil Nas X is not your enemy. We the culture do not want this to end in violence and incarceration. Please. She's right. She's She's a genius. Azalea, if you hear this, Queen Ascended, come on Big yeah. Sway Naturals, we love come you. Come on Big Sway Naturals, we love you. Um, yeah. Yeah. End of story. Um, end of story, end of podcast. Yes, once again, this was really fucking long. You're welcome. You're welcome. We don't put out content for a little bit and then we four just hours give you a whole lot. Wow. Wow. Four hours. So much. You're welcome. I want to smoke. I just want to smoke. So, once again, I feel like a doll I cannot get it far enough down my throat to be satisfied. I don't want to I'm only satisfied when I feel those intense, powerful, salty, hot pumps of cum down my throat. I want to send us your own rankings. This is a certified Big like, Tell us them in the comment section. I'm sure this will be on Patreon. So tell us that there. Um, send us emails. I, I give you prompts every episode. You give me nothing back. Come on. Where is it? I want to see um please send me emails at big soy podcast at gmail.com thank you send me a picture of yourself in a suit good night goodbye good luck shut up